your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 716 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And... Quite a bit has happened since we talked last. You know, I had the uh, special Thanksgiving Day episode, which was recorded earlier in the week. And, you know, since we've done a proper new episode here, the Rangers lost a 3-2, to you know, frustrating game against the Anaheim Ducks to conclude their four-game road trip. They also uh, traded Ryan Reeves to the Minnesota Wild uh, for a fifth-round pick in 2025. So we're going to talk about all this. We're going to talk about the Ryan Reeves trade from every conceivable angle, uh, the impact that he had with the Rangers, uh, the return that the Rangers got in exchange for Reeves, uh, the salary cap ramifications, and even going to at least briefly talk about what this could mean as far as the Rangers potentially acquiring Patrick Kane at some point this season. I know a lot of Ranger fans are really fixated on that potential move for the team. So we're going to get to all that good stuff in just a second. And like I said, we will start with Reeves. Going to spend the bulk of today's episode on Ryan Reeves as opposed to the loss of the Ducks. But we'll certainly talk about uh, the game against the Ducks as well. Uh, once again, Ryan Reeves to the Wild in exchange for a fifth rounder in 2025. Uh, you know, Reeves had really kind of, uh, you know, just lost his role with the Rangers. He'd been a healthy scratch in either seven out of eight or eight out of nine games, something along those lines just has not been seeing the ice very often at all. He now heads to the Minnesota Wild, and he actually requested the trade. So I think that kind of softens the blow a little bit in terms of, you know, what the reaction in the locker room might be and players being upset about it, because I have no doubts that Ryan Reeves is a very popular player in that locker room. I I think, you know, if you ask any player on the Rangers, I mean, who's not going to like Ryan Reeves? Ryan Reeves is that guy that's kind of friends with everybody on the team. And so I'm sure there are guys in that locker room and guys on this team that are at least uh, somewhat sad to see him leave. But, you know, again, if we've said this once, we've said it a million times, uh, this is a business. And, um, you know, Ryan Reeves, Again, he just didn't really have a role with this team anymore. And the writing has been at least somewhat on the wall. And at first, you know, I see that the Rangers trade Ryan Reeves for a fifth rounder. And it's such a gut punch. And, you know, once you look at it from every angle, I think the trade makes, you know, sense. And you can understand and appreciate why the Rangers did what they did. But at first, it's like, okay, we traded Ryan Reeves for a fifth round pick two years from now. It's almost like, you know, what's the point, right? Like, like why not just hang on to him, have him as kind of that thir- 13th forward and mix him into the lineup every so often, especially when it's a game when you're anticipating that there could be some trouble. But when you see the salary cap ramifications from this trade of Ryan Reeves, it does start to make a heck of a lot more sense. And like I said, the salary cap ramifications, that's something we're, we're going to talk about in greater detail uh, just a little bit later in today's episode. But Want to talk about this certainly from the human side as well. Uh, for starters, you know there was this idea on Twitter because Ryan Reeves 
there's people that love him. There's also some fans that are, are serious naysayers of Ryan Reeves, and they just don't get it. They, they don't see what he brings to the table. Uh, I've always been a Reeves fan, love the physicality, love the uh, kind of big brother role that he's played for this team. Um, but, you know, there was this idea, mostly from the Reeves naysayers, like on social media, and they were saying, oh, yeah, good luck getting anything for Ryan Reeves. There's no way you can get anything for Ryan Reeves. You're going to have to attach, you know, a prospect just to get somebody to take Ryan Reeves off your hand. No, that, that was never the case. There's 31 other teams in this league. Uh, Ryan Reeves, there's no secrets with him and what he brings to the table. Uh, you want him for physicality, toughness, and to play that enforcer role. Somebody, one of the other 31 teams, would certainly be willing to give up you know, a late-round draft pick. I thought it might be something like a six-rounder. It ends up being a fifth-rounder from the Minnesota Wild. All you need is one of the other 31 teams to bite. I mean, I should probably amend that a little bit because I certainly don't think the Rangers were going to look to trade Ryan Reeves uh, to the Pittsburgh Penguins or the New York Islanders, one of those teams. But you get the idea. Uh, there's a lot of other teams in this league, and I think certainly somebody would give up something in order to bring in Ryan Reeves. It's not like, you know, fifth-round picks are typically going to turn out to be uh, perennial all-stars and eventual Hall of Famers. So uh, somebody will give up something, like I said. And, and Ryan Reeves still does have uh, some value in that enforcer role. But as far as, you know, what was going on with Reeves and the Rangers, I mean, it's just kind of a situation where I think we've seen pretty clear as day here that Ryan Reeves recently has kind of just been jumped in the pecking order by several of his Ranger teammates. And again, it was just going to be, it was going to be hard to see Reeves kind of reclaiming a big role on this team, getting back to a situation where, you know, he's in the lineup pretty much every single night, or even a situation where he's active more than he's a healthy scratch. I just don't think it was going to happen, and there's several reasons for that. Uh, for starters, I mean, I think his game has slipped a little bit. Uh, it's hard for him, not that he's ever been the fastest player in the league, but I think it's getting harder and harder for him to keep up with the pace of play. And on top of that, when you just look at this Ranger roster right now, there's a couple of different players who we didn't really know what their role was going to be at the start of the season. And those players, some of those players have once again, just kind of jumped Reeves. And I don't think that Reeves is going to get back into the lineup over any of these players that I'm going to mention here. Uh, Jimmy VZ is one of them. Uh, VZ came into camp on a PTO. He, you know, is kind of moved up and down the lineup. I think VZ if I'm not mistaken, has only been a healthy scratch once, but he is a good defensive forward, can help you with killing penalties. I mean, Reeves isn't going to kill penalties for you. VZ has even recently been playing with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider on the top line. That's something that sure to spark debate among Ranger fans if VZ should be in that role. But regardless, I don't see VZ, even if he drops down the lineup, I don't see him coming out of the lineup at this point, and certainly not for Ryan Reeves. Uh, Julian Gauthier is another. He was placed on waivers at the start of the season. Didn't really seem like the Rangers had a fit for him. Didn't really seem like they had a role for him. He clears waivers. He goes down to the Wolfpack, plays pretty well there, comes back up. And this is not setting a high bar, but I do think Gautier has played better uh, in this run that he's had for the Rangers early this season than he probably has at any other point uh, in his NHL career. So that's obviously good. And Vitaly Krasov, you know, he hasn't even gotten back into the lineup yet, but you have to figure that he's above uh, Ryan Reeves in the pecking order as well, simply because, you know, with, with, with Krasov, He's a former top 10 pick. He hasn't done a whole lot in the NHL, obviously, but there is still at least some upside there. And if somebody's going to, you know, really make an offensive impact between Kraftsoff or Reeves, you got to figure it's going to be Kraftsoff over uh, Ryan Reeves. So for all those reasons, yeah, again, unless the injuries just really piled up or whatever it might be, it was going to be very difficult to see uh, Ryan Reeves getting to the point where he would uh, once again claim a significant role with this team. And honestly, it might even be at the point where the Rangers might look to call somebody up from the AHL, whether it's, you know, kind of a 
NHL, AHL swingman uh, in the vein of like a Johnny Brodzinski or even one of the prospects, you know, somebody like Will Cooley or Lori Pahuniami, maybe one of them gets a chance as well. The Rangers might even want to give one of those guys a chance rather than go back to Ryan Reeves. Uh, Ryan Reeves, like I said, there's no secrets in his game. He plays a very, very specific role. And I think that role of being the enforcer, being the tough guy, being kind of the big brother type, that was a little bit more needed by the Rangers last year than it is this year. And I'm not saying that, you know, Reeves couldn't still have some value to this team. Like I said, I think the long and short of it is we just got to the point where a lot of guys had kind of, once again, jumped Ryan Reeves in the pecking order, and he was going to have a, a tough time getting back into the lineup on any sort of a consistent basis. So I want to keep talking about this, going to talk about some of my uh, favorite Ryan Reeves moments during the brief time that he spent on the New York Rangers. Also going to talk about uh, the salary cap ramifications and what this means for the Rangers as far as what they could do, uh, you know, getting toward the trade deadline this season. It really does open up a world of possibilities. And we're going to talk about all that in just a second. Uh, but first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports wagering options. BetOnline can get you the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer to hockey and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So turning our attention now to uh, sort of the business side of it, and then once again, we'll get back to kind of the human side of it. I'll talk about some of my... Uh, my favorite Ryan Reeves moments as a New York Ranger. I'm also going to show a couple of things from social media. Uh, Reeves himself posted a couple pictures of, uh, you know, his his tenure with the New York Rangers. So I'm going to show those pictures as well. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but as far as, you know, the salary cap ramifications with this move, this trade of Ryan Reeves, uh, the Rangers now have a projected $6.682 million in cap space at the deadline this season. And as I mentioned just a second ago, this opens up a world of possibilities as far as what the Rangers uh, could look to do, you know, come deadline time. Uh, first of all, it, it seems certain that with Reeves out of the picture now, the Rangers are going to go with 22 players, once again, for the foreseeable future, as opposed to 23, once again, for uh, cap accrual purposes. The Rangers, you got to figure they'll go with 13 forwards, seven defensemen. Uh, right now, Kraftsoff uh, is the 13th forward, uh, but at some point, you know, it seems likely that he could probably be back out there in place of somebody like a Carpenter, possibly a Blay, although they don't seem to want to make Blay a healthy scratch. And of course, he's still recovering from the ACL. We'll see if uh, he can get it going at some point. Uh, possibly Gautier comes out of the lineup in favor of Kraftsoff at a certain point. Uh, maybe Jimmy Vesey. Did I mention Carpenter? I meant to mention Carpenter, so he's another possibility as well. I would imagine eventually Krausoff gets back in there, although it's possible Krausoff could be somebody that's on the trading block as well. Uh, we shall see there. Uh, but then as far as the defensemen go, I mean, it basically just comes down to which one of Jones or Hayek is in the lineup on any given night, and the other one will be the seventh defenseman and the healthy scratch. But as far as the salary cap space, yeah, I, I mean, the options that the Rangers have, you know, there's quite a few of them on the table here. Uh, the one player that I think is going to be on everybody's mind is certainly Patrick Kane. And that at this point does become a possibility because, you know, Kane 
now 34 years old, but he's in the final year of his deal. Uh, the deal is paying him $10.5 million per season. But if the Rangers take on 50% of his salary in any kind of a hypothetical trade with the Chicago Blackhawks, then they would only be taking on $5.25 million, which is, uh, you know, under, it's, it's less than the cap space that the Rangers have remaining. So uh, a Kane trade, which would have been borderline impossible before this trade of Reeves now becomes a possibility. And if it comes down to a situation where you know, the Rangers have to move on from Ryan Reeves to bring in a Patrick Kane or one of the other you know, truly top elite options as far as who's going to be available at the trade deadline, then it's a move you have to make. You know, this move, this trading of, of Ryan Reeves here, it can feel like a complete gut punch and it can totally suck and it can hurt a little bit as a Ranger fan while also making all the sense in the world. And that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's tough. You know, you do get attached to these players. You'd love to see somebody like Ryan Reeves at the end of the season holding the Stanley Cup over his head as a member of the New York Rangers. By that same token, you look at the reasons why they did this, and it becomes very, very difficult to argue against it. So, you know, I, I totally do uh, understand the trade there. But, you know, even if you don't go after Patrick Kane or, or one of the top, you know, trade deadline targets as far as whoever's going to be available this year, you know, again, you've got that $6.6 million uh, if you're the Rangers, and you can kind of, uh, you know, add some complimentary pieces as the Rangers did going into uh, the trade deadline this past season when they brought in Vetrano and they brought in Cop and they brought in Tyler Mott and they brought in Justin Braun and all those guys played a role for the Rangers. You can kind of bring in, you know, two, maybe even three players at the deadline this season, kind of fill out the roster. I mean, we've talked about how depth is an issue for the Rangers and uh, they solved it with their trade deadline moves this past season. They could look to do something similar uh, this upcoming season, even if they don't uh, nab one of the, the big fish on the pond, as in, you know, uh, Patrick Kane or, or one of the other top guys. So, very intriguing. Uh, like I said, it opens up, uh, the, the, term, the term I keep using, it opens up a world of possibilities if you're the New York Rangers as far as what you can do at the trade deadline. The other thing here that I want to talk about is, you know, with, with Reeves, I saw some people, of course, saying, well, why'd they trade Reeves? Why didn't they trade this guy or trade that guy? So we'll kind of uh, give everybody a fair trial here. I mean, for starters, once again, Ryan Reeves asked for this trade. So that's part of it. And I think they want to do right by Reeves and also make sure that they sent him out of the Eastern Conference and certainly out of the division, which they, of course, did, sending him to the Minnesota Wild. But as far as, like, trading somebody else, you know, it's not going to be any of the superstar players. We know that, especially the ones that have no move clauses. Uh, it's not going to be also anybody on the other side of the spectrum, anybody making uh, a really small amount of money. You've got guys like VZ at 750K, Carpenter at 750K, Gautier, Gautier excuse me, at 800K. Crafts off at 875 and Hayek at 800. Um, you know, nobody there was going to get traded because it just wouldn't make enough of an impact as far as, you know, what the uh, what the Rangers would get as far as trade accrual money is concerned, you know, heading into the trade deadline. It just wouldn't make enough of an impact. So trading one of those guys wouldn't really do anything. Um, as far as Reeves goes, though, you know, he was making $1.75 million. So it makes quite a bit of... Uh, more impact as far as, you know, what the Rangers will now be able to do, trading away somebody who's making, you know, a fairly significant salary. It's not a ton, but obviously, once again, it it uh, does open up some cap space for the Rangers heading into the trade deadline this season. And, you know, some of those players that I just mentioned, they could eventually get traded. I think Krasoff is somebody that could get dealt before the season is over. But if they trade Krasoff, it's not going to be for the purposes of cap space accrual. It's going to be for the purposes of packaging him along with a couple of other assets in return for whatever the Rangers might get at the trade deadline, whoever they might bring in uh, when the deadline rolls around. The one player who I will admit 
was a possibility here, and you could make a case for why didn't the Rangers trade this guy instead of Ryan Reeves, I would say that Sammy Blay, uh, Blay just like Reeves, is a UFA once the season is over, and Blay is currently making $1.525 million, so that not that much less than Ryan Reeves. Uh, it's an option the Rangers could have gone with, but again, Sammy Blay did not ask for a trade. Ryan Reeves did. Ryan Reeves makes a little bit more money than he does, and I think the Rangers, you know, with that Buchnevich trade last year, I don't know if stubbornness is a part of it, and they just want to be right about Sammy Blay. Um, the other part of it, too, is that, you know, Blay, I think, you know, with the ACL, and I don't want to keep using that as an excuse for him all season, but that is a serious injury. Uh, it's pretty grueling rehab from what I understand. Um, so I think they want to continue to give him a chance, and I think that, you know, Blay, even though he hasn't done a whole lot offensively this year, does have a little bit more offensive firepower than Ryan Reeves does, and plays pretty much just as physical as Ryan Reeves. He may not get quite, quite as many hits, but uh, you don't see Sammy Blay pass up the opportunity to, uh, you know, drive somebody into the board. So it is what it is. It's a move that, again, can sting a little bit, but I think if you're a Ranger fan, you also have to kind of uh, understand and appreciate where the Rangers are coming from uh, making this move here. But as far as, like, some of my favorite memories uh, and favorite moments with Ryan Reeves as part of the New York Rangers, because we do want to give him a proper send-off. He was a class act the entire time he was here. Uh, I'm going to miss the uh, the Shesty release us chance at the beginning of every game, or at least any game that he was dressed. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Anybody that uh, follows this team on social media, I don't even know what started it. You know, I, I think I knew the story, and then I, uh, I, I just kind of forgot about it, but... Um, I got to look this up again, but bottom line, before every game, Rangers are in the tunnel. You know, Shesty's there, Shesterkin's there. He's kind of, uh, you know, in his crouch and getting ready to go out into the ice. And uh, Ryan Reeves would just call out, Shesty, release us. And then they would go onto the ice. And he just started doing that last season. And hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Rangers had a, a great season last year. And, um, you know, obviously that that was part of it. You know, their, their grand entrance going onto the ice. Anything that kind of brings the team together and adds a little bit of fun to the game of hockey. That's a good thing. And, you know, Ryan Reeves, obviously, uh, having some fun with his team there and uh, doing that chant before every game. Uh, I'm going to miss uh, the big hits that Ryan Reeves puts on people. I mean, that can really electrify a team. It can really electrify the home crowd. Uh, I think to, uh, you know, specifically the playoff series against the Penguins, the first two games in New York, I mean, he was just wrecking people. There was one situation where, you know, he knocked Malkin down in open ice and Malkin went flying into the boards. I mean, the crowd went nuts for that. I, I can't imagine why, um, but it was a clean hit and Malkin was fine. It's not like he got hurt or anything. I wouldn't want him to get hurt. Uh, but yeah, Reeves, you know, th those bone jarring hits, going to miss those. Going to miss the willingness to fight. You know, he didn't get into a ton of fights throughout his Ranger tenure. And he even joked about that saying, it's kind of hard for me to find a dance partner these days understandably so, uh, but he was undefeated. You know, he didn't lose a single fight that he got into as a member of the New York Rangers and going to miss uh, the fact that he was always a team first guy. Like I said, he started to be a healthy scratch at times down the stretch last season, particularly after the trade deadline, as well as for certain games in the playoffs. And he never complained. You know, he said straight up like, yes, of course I want to play, but I got to be a team first guy and I got to support them and play whatever role they asked me to play. And, and that's, Really refreshing because there's certain players, uh, especially some veteran players, that you know would not have acted uh, nearly as selflessly as Reeves did once he was kind of becoming a healthy scratch fairly regularly uh, late last season into the playoffs as well, and uh, certainly this season as well. As far as uh, you know, individual moments from certain games, I think back to uh, the playoff series against the Hurricanes. You know, the Rangers went down two to nothing in that series. Game three, the Rangers won, but at the end of that game. You had Max Domi, for pretty much no reason at all, uh, skating up to Ryan Lindgren, cross-checking him, and, like, attacking him for no reason. And Lindgren, you know, he dropped the gloves, and he's fighting Domi. 
You also had Tony D'Angelo yelling and, and barking at Gerard Gallant on the bench. Haven't really figured out what that was all about. But game four, I mean, Ryan Reeves, he made sure that both Domi and D'Angelo, those those were marked men for Ryan Reeves. There, there was a big tussle between Reeves and D'Angelo at the start of a game during a play stoppage. They were in each other's faces. Uh, Reeves was like basically just daring him to try anything. Uh, so that was awesome. Love that. I think pretty much every Ranger fan loved that. And also, uh, toward the end of the game, you know, Reeves is going after Domi a little bit and trying to get a piece of him as well. So uh, that really stood out for me. And of course, the Rangers won that game. They won game four. They went on to win that series in seven games. The fight that uh, Reeves had with Felino this year, and of course, the two of them are about to be teammates. You know, Reeves now going to the Minnesota Wild. But, you know, that game against the Wild got a little bit nasty. And, uh, you know, Reeves and Felino they dropped the gloves. And Reeves clearly won that fight. Uh, that fight basically became a meme about four seconds after it was over. Uh, you guys have probably seen it. Some of you guys there on social media, uh, the picture of where Reeves and uh, and Felino are along the boards and along the glass. The picture is taken from behind the glass, but Reeves is just like landing a right hand and Felino's head is like turning the other way. And uh, it was awesome. That, like I said, it basically, it was an instant meme as soon as Reeves won that fight. So that was cool. Um, something else that stood out for me, Look, you don't think of Ryan Reeves as kind of an offensive juggernaut, but as I mentioned in our last episode where we discussed Ryan Reeves, uh, last season with the Rangers, tied for his third highest uh, point total ever, and specifically, there was a game against Toronto last year where Reeves actually scored two goals, and both of those goals gave the Rangers the lead in that game against the Maple Leafs. The first one put them up 2-1, to one. the second one put the Rangers up 3-2, to two, and it actually held up as the game winner because the Rangers or no, it was not the game winner, but it did put them up uh, for good in that game. Uh, the Rangers won that game by a final score of six to two, so or six to three. So, so that was awesome. Uh, Reeves coming through big, two goals against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it was weird because the few times that Reeves would score last year, it seemed to always happen during one of the nationally televised games. I, I guess Reeves just likes the spotlight, but uh, that was awesome seeing him uh, come up with a once again two goal performance against the Leafs and two goals that uh, you know both gave the Rangers the lead. In that game, there was also a play last year where he had just a nasty backhand pass out of the corner, you know, in on the forecheck and set the Rangers up to score a goal. I scoured the internet. I was trying to find it. Was not able to do so. Uh, but some of you guys will probably remember that one as well. Like I said, he kind of went on the forecheck, loose puck, got it on the backhand, just threw it toward the front of the net and set up a teammate for a goal. Uh, so that was cool too. And I figure, uh, you know, I'll leave you guys. Uh, we're not done yet, really, but. As far as, you know, kind of wrapping up this section, I'll leave you guys with a quote from Gerard Gallant. Uh, this is what he had to say after the trade about Ryan Reeves. He was outstanding. He was a good person, and I got close to him. I coached him for two and a half years in Vegas. I coached him here for a year and a half. Did the organization great. Players love him. And that's the sense that I always got about Revo, too. I, I just get the feeling that he's a, a very popular member of that locker room, and uh, I do think the Rangers are going to miss him, at least to a certain extent. Uh, I figure the other thing I can do here is show you guys some of the posts on social media as far as, uh, you know, Ryan Reeves, and, and we got one from Barclay Goodrow here as well. So there's the one from Goodrow for anybody watching on YouTube. Uh, but Goodrow posted this on Instagram not too long after the trade went down, and it just says, my guy, at Revo75, which is Reeves' uh, handle on Twitter. And then Ryan Reeves himself uh, posted uh, a batch of pictures or whatever you want to call it on Instagram. I don't really know all the Instagram lingo, but... Obviously, you know, the, the, he posts pictures of himself with the Rangers, and the caption says, New York, I've been released. Thanks for letting me take a bite out of the Big Apple. It was real. And then to just kind of scroll through real quickly here, uh, there he is with Goodrow. 
There he is signing some autographs with the fans. There he is celebrating. Uh, looks to be a goal with Mika Zibanejad. Uh, there he is celebrating another goal with uh, Mika and Kreider. Uh, there he is with Kreider after a game. There he is with Ryan Lindgren. There he is with Artemi Panarin. Uh, celebrating another goal and celebrating another goal. So just really cool stuff from Ryan Reeves. Uh, like I said, I think he really enjoyed being a Ranger, enjoyed his time here. And I know for one that I definitely enjoyed uh, Ryan Reeves being a part of this New York Ranger team and being uh, a part of that big run that they had last year. Like I said, you can think that this sucks and acknowledge that it's a gut punch and also completely understand where the Rangers are coming from and why they did what they did. And you know what, Ryan Reeves, here's hoping that he gets a, a bigger role for himself in Minnesota, gets to be in the lineup more often. And uh, as far as the Western Conference playoffs, I mean, I might pull for the wild a little bit over there. I mean, they got Zuccarello. They got Ryan Reeves. I don't really have any other horse in that race. So why not? You know, go wild in the uh, in the Western Conference playoffs. But we're going to keep everything going in just a second here. I do want to talk at least a little bit about the Rangers game against the Ducks and what turned out to be a uh, pretty disappointing 3-2 to two loss uh, against Anaheim to conclude the four-game road trip, and we will do that in just a second. All right, so like I said, Rangers lose 3-2 to the Ducks. They had a golden opportunity to end the road trip with a three-game winning streak, claim seven out of a potential eight points on the road. And it's funny because they started the road trip with a, a loss to the Seattle Kraken. They lost to the Kraken 3-2 in overtime. Disappointing loss. Rangers were not at their best there. But the one thing I said when it was over, let's get five out of eight points on this uh, on this road trip. You know, let's bounce back and win two out of the next three games. Well, the Raiders won the next two games of the road trip against the Sharks and Kings. And at that point, you've already gotten five out of the possible eight. And then you just get to be greedy. And it's like, okay, we're playing the Ducks. They're almost 20 games into the season. They haven't won a single game in regulation. And what happens? Well, the Ducks beat the Rangers in regulation by a final score of 3-2. to And very, very disappointing. You know, again, they hit their goal, the goal that I set for them. Five out of eight points on a road trip is not bad at all. Man, you were a win against the Ducks away from an excellent road trip and claiming seven out of a possible eight points. So definitely some mixed feelings as this road trip ends. And I think we do have to talk about what's becoming a little bit of the elephant in the room, and that is Yaroslav Halak. Now, going into this game, I've made the case, and I stand by this. He had started five games. There's no way that Yaroslav Halak deserved to be winless based on how he had played. I thought, you know, one mediocre game against the Islanders, one bad game against the Blue Jackets. He was very good in the other games. But this is another really, really bad game for Halak against the Ducks. He made some good saves, but two of the goals that he let in were just absolutely atrocious and should never have crossed the goal line, should never have gotten past him. And, you know, to just kind of take you guys through the goals real quick, there was one that happened just 39 seconds into the second period, uh, shot from along the boards. It basically just goes right through Halak. The shot was by Kulikov, goes right through Halak and into the net, gave the Ducks a 2-1 to one lead, and the Ducks were up for good at that point in the game. This puck just cannot go in. I think I speak for everybody when I say that. And then the Terry goal that also happened in the second period was almost as bad. Uh, Terry had a takeaway in the neutral zone. Panarin was trying to uh, hit Goodrow with a pass, could not do it. Terry ends up carrying it over the blue line, he shoots from the top of the right circle, and he scores off the post and in. Uh, again, it's just one of those shots that can't go in. Uh, Terry was in there by himself. He had nobody to pass to. The Rangers had a lot of guys back on defense. I don't think Halak was screened or anything like that. He's got to stop this puck. And instead, the Rangers are down 3-1. to one. Uh, They do end up getting a goal by Braden Schneider to cut it to 3-2 to two late in the second period. But unfortunately, that was also uh, the final score. The Rangers were 
hitting the post left and right. It just was not their night. And uh, a game where the Rangers clearly outplayed the opposition but did not win. And I, I got to say, the biggest reason they did not win is because of their goalie, Yaroslav Halak. Now, again, I, coming into this offseason, we knew the Rangers were going to be looking for a backup goalie because they couldn't afford Alex Georgiev, and he had some trade value, clearly, and the Rangers traded him. Looking at the veteran uh, goalies that were available, Halak was near the top of my list. I think overall, you know, he's had kind of an underrated career and has had some good seasons. He's been a backup before. And uh, somebody that could, if anything happens to Eeyore, knock on wood, could keep the ship from sinking. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I don't think he should be winless in these six games based on how he's played. But this is a really rough performance against the Ducks. And, um, you know, it is becoming something of a problem. You do hope that the Rangers can eventually, uh, you know, play a strong game in front of him and he can bring his A game and eventually get a win. Because if this keeps going like this and he just remains winless and remains winless and remains winless, then uh, sooner or later you figure something has to give. I'm not ready to throw in the towel just yet. A lot of people are kind of piling on Yaroslav Halak, so I'm going to kind of pull back the ring just a little bit here, but I, I do get the frustration from Ranger fans because those two goals that he gave up in the second period against the Ducks just cannot happen. Uh, some of the good news from this game is that the Rangers got a little bit of secondary scoring once again. We're starting to see a little bit more of that from the Rangers. Uh, you had Barkley Goodrow giving the Rangers a one to nothing lead by scoring on a breakaway. And it's funny because, you know, Goodrow, he's certainly not a speed demon, but I will say, you know, he looked faster on this play than I've typically seen him or known him to be. You know, it's not Pavel Bore in his prime. He's not, he's not, you know, one of the faster skaters in the league or anything like that, but maybe like, uh, average speed, and I realized there was a defenseman chasing him who wasn't too fast, so maybe that made Goodrow look faster than he actually is, but very nice to see Goodrow go in, stepping up for the Rangers. They need more secondary scoring, and Goodrow has stepped up in that role lately for this team. Uh, Braden Schneider, again, scores for the second straight game, his second goal of the season. This is kind of a soft goal, which is weird because Gibson was phenomenal for the Ducks in this game, uh, but you know, Panarin up to Mika, Mika across the ice to Schneider, uh, Schneider shoots and scores, pretty much just got through Gibson, assist number 400 for Artemi Panarin, so that was nice to see, always uh, good to see somebody hit a milestone, and uh, yeah, very, very nice to see Schneider get another goal here, you hope that uh, some of the Ranger defense, and as we talked about, can chip in a little bit more offensively than we've seen so far this season, and you know, like I said, it's it's such a, a bag of mixed emotions when you lose a game like this to the Ducks of all teams, and you end up, you know, going 2-1-1 one, and one on the road trip. It's a solid road trip, but man, you had a chance. You just had to beat the Ducks to make this, uh, again, a excellent road trip for this team. Rangers outshot the Ducks 43-22. to 22. And I want to share one more thing on social media here. This is a tweet uh, by Steve Valaket. He does this thing where, you know, he keeps track of, you know, the, uh, the scoring opportunities for both teams throughout the course of a game. And, you know, I'm not one to uh, make excuses for the Rangers or, or anybody else if they lose, but, you know, this chart here really kind of tells the tale as far as what this game was like and just how badly the Rangers outplayed the Ducks and, and nevertheless still lost the game. So uh, for anybody watching on YouTube, you can see the chart. And for anybody on audio, I'll just kind of read it for you. As far as scoring chances are concerned, the Rangers had 46 scoring chances in this game. The Ducks had just 19 uh, and then what Valaket does is he breaks these down into low danger scoring opportunities, medium danger scoring opportunities, and high danger scoring opportunities. So uh, we'll start with the Rangers. The Rangers had 25 low danger scoring opportunities. They scored on one of them. That was the goal uh, by Schneider. They had nine medium danger scoring opportunities. They did not score on any of them. And they had 12 high danger scoring opportunities, opportunities uh, only scored on one of them. 
And then you look over at the Ducks. The Ducks had 11 low danger scoring chances. They scored on two of them. And again, that kind of tells you the story of this game. Two soft goals, get in by Yaroslav Halak. That's the difference. Otherwise, if those two don't go in, I'm no uh, mathematician, but the Rangers probably win this game by a final score of 2-1. to one. You never know how that affects how everybody plays. Uh, but bottom line, two soft goals let in by Yaroslav Halak. Uh, the Ducks also had two medium-danger scoring opportunities, did not score on either of those, and they had six high-danger scoring opportunities, scored on one of those. And if you look at total expected goals going by this formula, the Rangers had an expected goals total of 5.52 goals. The Ducks had an expected goals total of 2.77 goals. So the Rangers, uh, you know, going by everything that happened in this game, were expected to outscore the Ducks by nearly... Uh, three total goals. And I'm not one, again, to, to kind of look at these. I mean, metrics and analytics, they all have their place and everything like that, but I'm not one to lean on those too heavily and, and kind of make excuses because, you know, you got to find a way. Whether Whatever happens in the game, you got to grind your way out to a win, and that's what we saw the Rangers do last year, winning some games where, you know, these numbers were almost in the opposite order and the Rangers were expected to lose, but they would win anyway. Um, and, and this year, you're kind of seeing a little bit of the opposite. So you hope that uh, the luck changes for the Rangers, but uh, by that same token, hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to make your own luck and uh, you just got to find a way to win a game, even on a night where your goalie doesn't have it and the other goalie is turning into Dominic Hasek uh, in his prime. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, it is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, this is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.